<laughs> Sarah is currently trying to reattach her furry her, thing, her furry thing to her microphone. I go. Oh, what have you done? You, oh. How does that sound? That sounds way better now. There you go. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's flopped forward. Micro- microphone failure. <laughs> it looks kind of wonky because it's not central. It's, <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's soft like... and furry. It's lovely. Is it? Okay. Well, On my you're... microphone. Good. If you're happy, then, <laughs> then I'm happy. Stop to get a photo of me stroking Stop my stro- bad microphone. Stop stroking your microphone. <laughs> anyway, gosh, I know. Interesting start. Isn't it, it is, isn't it? And I think it's. I think it's because we're recording this on a Saturday. A Saturday. Saturday. It's, Saturday. It's even like blue sky outside. It's starting to fade I, a bit now, isn't it? We, it's yeah, all a bit strange. Got a bit awake. Whereas I'm quite sleepy sometimes because we do this quite late you at do, night actually. sometimes. Yeah, you do sound I feel, quite... I feel... And, oh. and no I'm bungle. not bungled. No bungle. No bungle, <laughs> no zippy, no rainbow. Well, I'm a little bit, but not as bad as I was last time. Okay, well, that's good. Mm. Um, Any films you've been watching? Uh, I watched some movie on Netflix with James Norton in it only because I was curious having watched Happy Valley. It was called Rogue Agent. And he and he plays another really messed up, creepy wrong and plays them was very he, well actually. Was he in Happy Valley then, James Norton? Oh, have I got the name have I got the actor wrong? I thought James Norton was the guy that does the T V he's a chat show host now. That's Graham That's Graham Norton. No. James ja- ja- who's the guy that the, the, the guy that was in History Boys and that's Isn't that James, James that's James Corden. Oh, okay. Oh, so who's James Norton? Then? Oh, right. Wow. James Norton. Educate me. James Norton, well, he was the... Well, did you watch Happy Valley? I watched a couple of episodes. Oh, okay. Well, he's basically the baddie. And he's he's like, a baddie. Actually, he's I think villain. I know who you mean. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, James Norton fans. <laughs> he's been in some other stuff as well. He, he was at one point rumoured that he might be the next James Bond. But I don't know if that's happening. That was a while ago. Mm. Anyway. We could, we could have an interesting discussion on that. I think that we, there's lots of people I think could be J- new James Bond. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe James Corden could do it. Not sure. I could. I would love to see him as an evil person in James Bond, though. That would be hilarious. Uh... They should do a spoof of a James Bond, shouldn't they? Another spoof or some sort. Yeah. Wasn't that, I guess, like Austin Powers? What's the Austin Powers catchphrase, but one of his phrases? One. Oh, groovy, baby. Groovy. And one million dollars with his little finger next to his mouth. Anyway, we are off on a tangent there. Um, I've watched uh, Knock at the Cavern by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, really? What was it it like? It was kind of full of suspense. I, I kind of sat there thinking, what on earth is going on through most of it? Did I get closure at the end? Not sure. Did I get closure? I like that. But it has got Rupert Grint in it, and it's got Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, and David Buz- Batista. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that guy from the Guardians. Rupert Grint. How's he doing these days? I mean, what's he been doing? He seems to kind of pop up in the odd kind of random movie. Yeah. Well, I popped down to the pub with him the other day, and he said he was... Okay. <laughs> You oh. made it sound like I knew him. Come well, on. I don't know. Um, I, just, I don't um, really follow what he's, how he's been post-Harry Potter. I 
understand that he bought a load of properties and he's into properties. So that's how he's been making his money on top of his millions that he already has from Harry Potter series anyway. I don't know whether he's making a comeback. He's he's a daddy now, isn't he? He um, married the lady that was in Angus Thong or something. Uh, she's she's a female actress. Yeah, they've just had a baby, haven't they? Probably about a year old now. Hmm, okay. That's what he told me down at the pub anyway. Well, that's, that's what he told you. Uh, so anything else? Ted Lasso. No, oh, series. This is your new series favorite Series three. Series three, yeah. Ted Lasso is our new go-to TV series. Really good. Well, apart nothing from my side, apart from the yeah, that rogue agent and the usual narcos. So it's time for the quiz. Oh, now, okay. now I was a little bit underprepared for the quiz. Normally, I try and find a theme that I can hang this on. I struggled a bit this week, but okay. I decided. Mm. I'm sure most people have heard about ChatGBT. The uh, oh right, <laughs> yeah, the chatbot, this new amazing AI chatbot mm-hmm. thing. So I thought, well. I'm just going to ask the chatbot to give me the quiz. So these, oh, right. okay. these five cool. questions. This is a, wow, groundbreaking technology this here. This is groundbreaking. Now, he, I, he, I don't know why I said he, she, whatever it is. I, yeah. I ask for five questions. Mm-hmm. I ask for five more and I ask for five after that because I wasn't happy with all of them. But from those 15, I put five together. So it's kind of five questions from chat gbt okay so that so this okay. is just and, and i just said can you give me questions on mainstream cinema and to be okay. honest quite a lot of them were quite easy hence why mm-hmm. i had to, had to get 15 to pick from so i'm confident you'll do well here go on then question number one mm-hmm. what is the name of the fictional island that serves as the setting for the 2015 movie jurassic world the name of the island? Mm-hmm. Skull Island. No, Island Nublar. You're thinking of Kong Skull Island. Oh, you're right, I am. I wouldn't have got it anyway. <laughs> Question number two. In the movie Forrest Gump, what famous phrase does Forrest utter repeatedly? It's the famous, I, I mean, there's a few of them. The but big I mean, one. Yeah. So life is like a box of chocolates. That one? Yeah, what comes next? Oh, Ginny? <laughs> Don't know. Like, like, continue that sentence. Life is Mama like a bo- said. Um, Life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. You never know what you're gonna get. Do you not remember the second? I box? don't remember that. No, I don't. Do you not? No. Yeah, what's the you whole thing? Life is like a box of chocolates because you never know what you're gonna get. Gonna get. Yeah, but okay. I never thought he said the last bit. But anyway, go on. I'm doing really well, aren't I? Chat GPT. I don't know. What is the name of the villain in the 2019 movie Joker? What's the name of the villain? What's well, yeah. Joker? Yeah, but what's what's his <laughs> I name? I haven't seen the Joker. You haven't seen Joker? No. Okay, that's not going to work then, is it? No. You need to see Joker. <laughs> it he it, it scares me the, the the picture on the poster. Oh, this isn't going well. Okay, his name's <laughs> his name's Arthur. <laughs> but I know that it was very well done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Oh, Jared Leto. I know it's Jared Leto. So was that was that the question? No, Jared Leto oh. was in the Suicide Squad Joker. This is the, the film Joker with he had Robert De Niro and Wacken Phoenix in it, this one. Oh, right. Okay, no, I'm not seeing Anyway, that. he plays a guy called Arthur Fleck, Wacken Phoenix. So, okay. okay. Moving on. Doing well. Two left. What <laughs> actress won the Best Actress Academy Award for her performance in the movie La La Land? Uh, Emma Stone. Boom. I got one. Phew. Last question. 
In the 1999 movie The Matrix, what is the mm. name of the character played by Keanu Reeves? Neo. There you go. Rescues it. Rescues it with two yeah. at the end. I'm not a big fan of chat no. GPT. Okay, all right. Which in our company, we we call it something else. Do oh, you? That'll be promotion. Einstein GPT. <laughs> and people can guess which company I work for. Oh, I'll leave I, it as that. Right, right. Okay, so we've got two films to review this week. We've got Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which was the newbie. And we've got your oldie, which was Lawless. So where should we start? Let's go for oldie, shall we? Okay. Released in 2011. And it's written by musician Nick Cave, which really surprised me. It was based on the book, The Wettest County in the World. And it's by Matt Bondurant, who is really about his family. And it's directed by John Hillcoat as well, which, to be honest, I was looking back to see what, you know, Nick Cave, what else he's done and John Hillcoat. And there's nothing really that stands out, to be honest. But this film is quite something. It's based on a true story, The Bondurant Family. It's set in 1931 in Franklin, Virginia. And we follow three brothers, Forrest, Jack and Howard, played by Tom Hardy, Shia LaBeouf and Jason Clark, who you may have seen in Zero Dark Thirty. They are moonshiners living in a prohibition county or current prohibition America, I think, across the country at the time. And it's a time of Al Capone and and uh, who ruled towns. And, and then also in this particular town of Franklin, it was Floyd Banner, played by Gary Oldman, who caused a lot of mayhem and, and crime. And it's quite in places, this film is quite gory and violent, I have to be honest. Banner wants the youngest of the brothers to smuggle alcohol to him and brew for him. But he got the corrupt and vile special deputy Charles Rakes, very well played by Guy Pearce, who was really a cut of their distillery and, and bootleg business. The film's really, as it says on the tin or, or on the DVD case, because I watched it on DVD, it's gangsters, it's brothers, there's heroes. It's really about survival. There's impressive acting in this film. It's shocking scenes, as I mentioned before, gang crime. And there's also some very tender moments with love and relationship with the brothers as well. There's young Jack and his best friend, who's a little bit simple in some ways, called Cricket. And I really connected with Cricket. I thought he was quite sweet. Um, he's played by Dane uh, Dehan. And um, you've got this great relationship between Forrest and Maggie, played by Jessica Chastain. And you've got Jack and Bertha, who's played by Mia Wachowskis, who you may seen from Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland as well. The film is really up there with one of my favourites with Shia LaBeouf and also Tom Hardy. I think Shia LaBeouf in this film and also Peanut Butter Falcon, I think they're probably his two best films. It's uh, it's dark, it's violent, it's set in tough times and really it's just about these brothers, the strong relationship with these brothers and how they support each other in, in southern parts of the USA in the 30s. It has got that balance of charm and the characters really draw you in as well. I, I I found there was some sort of connection. I'd be interested to know, Rob, whether you had that connection with any, well, not not being like the characters, but you kind of like the characters at the same time, that the brothers and the friends and family are wrapped around them. But it is quite dark. Um, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts. Well, when this one came up, I remember you saying to me, I think you said you thought it might have made you cry. There was, it didn't make me cry the second time I watched or third time I watched it. I think the tearjerker bit was, was with cricket towards the end. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was watching it. My, my first thought when I watching it was like, it's a lot darker 
and colder than I had envisaged in my mind. Not that I knew a lot about this film, but very quickly you kind of very much transported very well into this family. Like you got Tom Hardy, who's almost like the he's, he's the, the leader, isn't he? He's the leader of the brothers, is the leader of the gang, if if they are a gang. Or head of the family. Head, head of, of the, the family. head of the family. There you go. And he he doesn't say that much. He kind of shuffles around. It kind of makes sense that Tom Hardy is playing him. Interestingly, I thought he looked quite bulky in it. Uh, mm. quite, and I was only looking afterwards. Apparently that, that was because he was bulking up for Bane in the Dark Knight oh, at the okay. time. I found Tom Hardy's character quite curious, like I say, because he looks super menacing, but he's also got... You know, you need, you know, kind of deep down, he's got quite an empathetic side. But if he has to kind of do the business, as it were, we see glimpses of it. He's brutal, but on the whole, he takes a bit of a back seat, and it's and it's Jack Sheila Burf's character who is almost in his shadow, and he's out there, isn't he, to try and prove himself? Yeah. There's a scene quite early on when you've got Gary Oldman who plays a gangster. Jack happens to be watching as this car mm. comes up and he gets out and, you know, he's got the Tommy gun and, and he sees all this. Yeah, he, he catches Jack's eye as he kind of walks off at the end. It's almost like he was starstruck in a way. It's almost like, wow, that's kind of, that's, you know, that's mm. who, I would, who I would almost want to aspire to be. And that almost sparks the journey of him trying to prove himself. That's really the film, isn't it, to a degree? Um, you've got Jessica Chastain who plays... Maggie, who kind of takes a job for the three brothers and eventually her love story, which develops between Forrest and her, which again is is quite interesting. I have to say, I I find Tom Hardy almost, I feel, went through this phase. The the Revenant was one of these roles as well, where he mumbles, he mumbles quite yeah, a lot. You know what I mean? He he's kind yeah. of big and he's brooding and, he, and he, he's got quite a thick American accent in the characters he plays. And I, I almost felt like this was very much part of that kind of period. He's a man of very few words, let's just say, yeah. in this film. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just found the whole thing actually very, it was engrossing, but I think I was looking for like the lights I, mm. I, I was waiting for, you know, the light to come. And I kind of felt every time you thought that was going to happen, it, it was just, it was very brutal, wasn't it? It was a very yeah. brutal film. You get like Guy Pierce's character that would, to, to get his get his own back on, on these brothers, he would take one of their friends and, and pour tar all over them and put them, put, put feathers all over them, prop them out outside their front door. It was tit for tat. It was horrible. There was a, another scene where, and this actually was a scene, where Forrest eventually is given a tip off to get revenge on the gang that slit his throat. He survives. And that scene of him, along with his brother, Howard, you know, they're basically butchering someone in a shed when, when uh, Jack turns up and delivers body parts to Charlie. So, yeah, so, so there's where, where it's brutal, it's really brutal. And also Forrest, you know, he plays the head of the family, but he gets a, I mean, he gets beaten up a lot. He gets, he gets cut, he gets shot. This guy gets put through the ringer and you're just in disbelief. You know, I mean, we were like, I was like three quarters away through the film and I thought, how's this guy still, still alive? I, I won't say what happens towards the end, but he takes he takes so much, doesn't he? It, and I, and I, it's hard kind to of, not down. I guess that's symbolic of his character and how he's like mm. the you know he's like this like you say he's like the, the head of the family and everyone 
everyone's desperately making sure they're by his side or doing right by him or in Jack's case, aspiring to be him. So, but, but yeah, as I say, on the whole, I thought the setting was really well done. Uh, Guy Pierce's character. Wow. I mean, like evil. A proper evil guy. You are willing him to, you know, come a cropper the whole way through. You're right. The character of cricket that kind of is in charge and sets up, sets up the distillery and, and he, he soups up the car for them. And he's just this great friend to Jack. That was all really, really sweet. I loved all that. Just one last thing is that Howard and Forrest, they do give us as much as they get though at the same time. Oh, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. They do. And that's the thing. They're almost like quiet henchmen. They, they don't do much, but when they do, you don't necessarily, you know, it's behind slightly through, through a door, but you, but, oh, absolutely. It's almost like they're just biding their time. They won't, attack anyone until they absolutely have to and then yeah it, it, it's full-on and i guess that's part of the intrigue actually you're almost waiting for that to happen it's like it's pent up aggression yeah. and you're waiting for it to be unleashed i mean shia leboeuf i was looking at how many projects they've got coming up and shia has got one coming up called megalopolis which actually has adam driver in. i think i don't know whether i mentioned this last time or not but uh yeah so it's about um rebuilding new york after a disaster happens so i guess some sort of futuristic thing that's coming uh tom hardy though guess how many he's got coming up Ooh. in multiple of five a multiple of five mm. wow what has he got 10 15 upcoming wow. projects he's a busy busy man that's incredible it is including mad max uh the wasteland venom 3 Splinter Cell, and there's Shackleton. I think he'd be great at Shackleton, the explorer. And then Jessica Chastain herself also has seven. So quite a lot there, these guys are rolling out. And he, and also I looked at Jason Clark. He's got about five coming up. So this was filmed in 2011, and they were famous then, I would say. Probably Jessica Chastain probably starting out her career a bit more then. Um, but she's certainly a hot property now. And Tom Hardy, I think he he was well famous. And Shia LaBeouf certainly was. But um, it's great to see they've got still so much work coming their way. Yeah, and the other thing, just to finish on, Shia LaBeouf, I think he's fantastic. I really do. I know he's supposedly a bit of a kind of nutcase and went a bit, has gone a bit <laughs> off the rails in his private life. But I remember watching American Honey, which I thought he's great in. You mentioned Peanut Butter Falcon. And what a fantastic film that is. But he's got, without doubt, he's one of those few actors that has a real presence. And I don't mean, not like as in like a Hollywood, like a Brad Pitt type presence. Mm. He, he's, there's just something about him when he's on screen. You can tell he's so intensely in that role. Just, I just think he's a great, great actor. And I really hope he just goes on doing this kind of work. Yeah, he's very, he's very good. And the last film I saw him was uh, Peace of a Woman, actually, which is about a miscarriage. And it was, uh, well, it wasn't a miscarriage, it was death and childbirth. And it was horrible. And how they, him and his wife, played by uh, Vanessa Kirby, they did it so, so well. But it was a very, if you're feeling a bit down, it's not a film to watch. <laughs> to be I honest, re- it's a bit of a dark film. Yeah, I remember when Pieces of Woman came out, because I think it might have been around uh, COVID mm-hmm. kind of period. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember thinking it's, I, I knew it was really, really well received. But like you say, I knew what the subject matter was. So I knew, but mm-hmm. I never got around to watching it. And I forgot, I knew Vanessa Kirby was in it, but I forgot that he was in that. So mm-hmm. I might have to He's very good in it as well. Give it yeah. a go. Well, if he does, he, he does it well. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. I think the storylines of Transformers and all that sort of stuff went a bit pear shaped, didn't it? So they weren't so great in the end. But the first one he did was. Transformers was was really good. Yeah, so for me, all of the cast were superb. 
that's for sure. I mean, really well put together. But for me, it just left me feeling a bit cold. Yeah, there was something just quite brutal and cold. But I recognise how great it was technically, and like I say, cast and scripts and all the rest of it. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to match you on that. Actually, watching it again, I think it is quite dark. It's, yeah, I would say I agree. Leaves you a bit, little bit cold. And Guy Pearce's role. He's horrible in this, but he does play quite mean roles generally now, I've noticed. We need him in a happy sort of... But maybe he can't snap out of that now. Maybe he's just evil in every single movie now uh-huh. <laughs> or TV series. I was quite surprised anyway. I was quite surprised watching it, actually, that you were okay with the violence because the violence is quite, like I say, it's quite graphic and it's quite gory. It so I was, curious, hey, I was curious to know how you got on with that. I can't watch Bones and All. I can watch Walking Dead. <laughs> as long as they're not eating them, I don't mind. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I told someone to watch Bones and All, and I told him about it. I explained exactly what it was, so he was pre- so he was prepared. Prepared, yeah. And then he came he came in the next day and said he said Rob, we watched Bones and All. He watched it with his wife and. She lasted two minutes and just said, "We're not. We're not watching this." I said, "What did you mean? Did you tell her what it was about?" Because, well, I said, "Well, no wonder she like." She he wonders. didn't watch it over Valentine's Day, did he? <laughs> Something like that. Anti Valentine's, twisted Valentine's yeah. uh, film that is. Yeah, so eight, yeah, a good score, definitely worth watching, and it, it was pretty high up there on one of my favourite films for a while, but. Uh, yeah, I realise now it is quite a cold, dark film to watch. So, so yeah. So, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Honour Among Thieves. Honour Among Thieves. Yeah. Slightly different from Lawless. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, this is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Jonathan Goldstein was one of the writers on it. And it stars, amongst others, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Regé Jean Page from Bridgerton fame. So we have Chris Pine, who plays Eggin, part of a former spy network called the Harpers, whose wife is murdered by a red wizard whilst he's off on a mission. Um, she manages to hide their baby girl, Kira. And Edgin, who's so disillusioned with the network, having felt guilty that he was away and not there to protect his wife, he turns to petty crime along with his friend, the barbarian Holger, played by Michelle Rodriguez, who herself was ousted from her tribe. Um, And so they have this kind of friendship. She helps bring up Kira and they go around basically robbing people. A bit like Robin Hood, robbing from the rich, as it were. (laughs) Um, They then team up with amateur sorcerer Simon. I love the fact he's called Simon, played by Justice Smith. This is is Simon who has really low self-esteem. There's a lot of humor running through this, by the way. So, yeah, they team up with Simon and this rogue thief charmer, a guy called Forge Fitzwilliam, played by Hugh Grant, and his kind of confidant acquaintance, the wizard Safina. So they all get together and they go off to try and raid this treasure on this island, uh, which houses this mystical artifact which is called the resurrection tablet and that's what Edgin wants because if he gets the resurrection tablet he can use that to bring back his wife from the dead and bring Kira's mother back the raid goes wrong 
and everyone escapes apart from Egin and Holger, who are captured and sent to prison. Um, they eventually escape and learn that Forge, who was entrusted by Egin just before he was captured to look after Kira, he's conned his way to become this grand lord of Neverwinter and is inviting all of the kingdom's great and good to attend his gladiatorial games, <laughs> along with all mm. of their kind of prize wealthy donations that he's storing in this underground vault uh, with a cunning plan, of course, to, to steal it all. And the vault is protected by this spell that only, you know, the, that the clan basically must break. So you've got Edgin and Holger and Simon, who they track down when they get out of prison. They enlist the help of a druid, Simon's kind of very brief ex-girlfriend, or Doric, played by Sophia Lillis, and this holy knight crusader guy called Zenk Yendar, again, played by Roger Jean Page. And standing in their way to get to the vault is Borges' right-hand woman, Sophia, who is now this kind of evil wizard who has her own deadly plans. So that's pretty much it. I went into this with high hopes that it was going to have that perfect mix of fantasy that doesn't take itself too seriously, a decent storyline, but a humour chucked in that didn't feel like they were trying to rip anything off. So anyway, before I say what I think, what do you think, Sarah? And you thought it would be like The Princess Bride. Yes. I don't know, but I, 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 know, I, I, I haven't... Absolutely. Yeah. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen The Princess Bride. I know it's an absolute shocker. I just thought it might may have been gone gone. Anyway. I think what drew, drew me to this film is, is probably firstly the star cast. I think that's a big draw because you see like the Marvel films and you, I was kind of wondering whether it will be like an olden times, old, old age sort of uh, Marvel in, in a way. But it's, it's not. It's, it's, it, I have to say, I thought the characters looked like they were having fun. As well, they look like a strong bond, especially between um, Edgar and, and and Holger. They, you know, had a bit of fun with with uh, Justice Smith's character Simon, and also Doric as well. So, Hugh Grant, in, if, if Hugh Grant's in it these days, mostly it's going to be a bit of fun anyway. However, he has done some sort of quite serious TV series last year or the year before. And did you notice also there's a character in this that was in '65 from from the film that we saw last time? Hmm. Yeah, and my son and I watched watched a sixty five. So it was Kira played by Chloe Coleman. The same girl is in in that. Oh, and actually, I looked gosh. her up and thinking she seems to be everywhere at the moment. But she's got films coming up with Chris Evans and Emily Blunt in, uh, called Pain Hustlers. They've got that coming up, and she's got two other films coming up. So she's a uh, she seems to be the child actress at the moment, and uh, she's always plays a, an English woman, but she's actually American. <laughs> As well, so I was looking, just looking her up, and um, I thought it was funny. It was very British on occasions, but it also had that nice blend of British and American cast. And then um, the special effects I thought were pretty impressive as well. I, you can tell they've spent lots of money on it, and actually they spent 150 million dollars on this. And there was a story as well. So I thought on occasions it's fairly clever, sort of heisty, um, stealing from one another. 
I love the graveyard scene that they had where Simon woke the dead uh, with a spell and they then had to ask, they then asked them five questions uh, to get answers about where this helmet, this golden magical helmet had gone on the battlefield. And there was all these different soldiers they kept in interviewing, but then they forget to do the five questions so that they can actually be dead. And so, some of them, it was like, oh, they got to three questions and they said, I'm still, I'm still alive. And they're like half, cut in half and they're bony and, so that was quite funny. It, it, I think it was a, a blend of Monty Python, slightly a bit of P- Pirates of the Caribbean, a bit of Marvel Eternals and Harry Potter put in there, all sort of blended in together. And Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. And I have to say, with Lord of the Rings, they had beautiful scenery in this film as well. Beautiful shots. And it's Northern Ireland and Iceland. Lovely shots there. So well done to the the, uh, the crew that were involved with that. Uh, but... Um, it's just a bit of fun, really. It's, it's you know you go in, and you, you not to take it seriously. I used to love the eighties Dungeons and Dragons cartoon series, and I think I mentioned that last time. And I, I thought off the back of that, that would make a great film in years to come. There are lots of Dungeons and Dragons when you look at IMDb, but don't really quite shout and scream big blockbuster movie, whereas this one does. So I'm wondering whether they'll bring back an, another sort of animated series of that however when you look at all the dungeons and dragons uh films that have been taken place none of the characters are the same they've all got different characters in it so there isn't actually a theme going on there and i'm not sure whether the board game hasbro's board game dungeons and dragons had simon whether they had holger etc as well but uh, you tell me i don't don't know you have not never played the board game have you played the board game no i haven't played the board game but i must admit when i was just researching some of the characters I don't know if they're necessarily the specific character, but they are based on characters on the the game. Because the one in the animation is Bobby the Barbarian. You didn't have Bobby the Barbarian in this this film. But my favourite character, I'd say, in this is um, Sophia Lillis's character, Doric who turns into these animals and there's a chase scene at one point where she's, she starts as a, as a fly, she then turns into a, a rat or a mouse, and then she, she you know turns into a deer etc etc and it's just really cleverly done and the i think the special effects were really well done well i i really liked it i really liked it ah, i know cool. i i was it, it kind of was what i was hoping it would be i found it was funny without everything being about humor it wasn't kind of that really knowing humor that you often get in marvel it just felt the humor just felt right the Jokes it was proper humour. It was laugh out loud. Humor. I actually laughed. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, and I, I actually think, you know, I remember seeing Chris Pine in the first Wonder Woman film. He's very good as that kind of adventurer lead who's can act. So he can do that bit, but he's also just very good at the, the humorous side, playing these characters that are bluffing their way through things to a degree, but for the charm, he he, he just does that very well. Yeah, so I and I thought, you know, having only a couple of weeks ago watched Quantumania, you know, just the ridiculous plot that Marvel seems to be getting tangled up in this, you know what I mean? The, these multiverse plots that are just becoming almost mm. a bit silly. This was just really simple. It was quite easy to follow. And like you said, the cast were great. I mean, I watched Hugh Grant in um, The Gentleman uh, mm. recently. In fact, that was that is a film I watched uh, a week ago. I forgot to even talk about. And he is at this period in his career where he is just having great fun. You mentioned mm. it there. He's playing these characters that are 
they're almost a bit campy, a bit pantomime to a degree, but it just doesn't really matter. It's just great to see him in those roles in these kind of films. I thought he was just, I thought he was really good in it. And there were moments, I couldn't believe it, that I was, I actually, I reckon I actually laughed out loud about three or four times, which for me, even in an actual comedy, I would say is is pretty good. That sequence you talked about where they're digging up the graves and they've got those five mm. questions before they that. that was really good. I really like that. There was a lot of scenes when they first meet um, Lord Forge in his palace. There was just quite a lot of funny stuff going on there with his tea being too hot and just, I don't know, just kind of off the cuff kind of humour. You've mentioned a lot of the things that I really liked. The set pieces... Although you've kind of seen these kind of set pieces before, like the classic of the shape-shifting Dorich escaping. I think she's um, brilliant, yeah. I thought, I thought that whole sequence was, was really, really good. Don't you think she is very similar character? I think she's the new Emma Stone and Ellen Page. She looks like she could play those characters or she could be a sister of those two, for example, because she looks a little bit like between Emma Stone and, and Ellen Page. And I think uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of her. I looked her up and she hasn't done anything majorly big that I've seen. And I think we're going to see a lot more of her going forwards. Yeah, without a doubt. She's just got that look mm. about her, hasn't she? She's got that presence. And given mm. how young she is, mm. oh, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, clearly there's going to be more of these. Yeah, I mean, it's also Justin Smith. He was in Sharpen recently on Apple Plus, and he seems to be doing a lot more as well going forward. But he was with Julianne Moore in that, and, and that was really good film. Saw that. When I see that a couple of months ago, it's been out now. So I, I want to watch as well. I just think in today's world with franchises, especially when you're trying to launch a movie franchise based on you know a very popular book or whatever video game, whatever it might be. Given what Marvel have already done in that whole space, what Lord of the Rings have done, and I'm probably missing some other very big ones, it's quite difficult, I think, to get everything right, get the fantasy right, to get the characters right, to make it funny, but to make the story... And it's almost like you've got to get that formula perfect because if there's something missing then it stands out a mile. Like if the humour falls flat, you're you're Mm. almost dead in the water. Or if the plot's too silly, or if you're watching it thinking, oh my God, this is just a complete rip-off of this. So I was just pleasantly surprised. I mean, it wasn't like brilliant, but it was just, I'd happily watch the next one, I suppose, is there's the best review I could give it. I messaged you. I had to leave. This is never, I never have to do this. My, my daughter's birthday party uh, that was arranged after I'd booked the cinema uh, tickets. So I had to leave five to 10 minutes before I think the film finished. So I don't okay. actually know. I can tell I can tell you the ending Yeah, after. you can tell me after. I mean, I th- <laughs> you obviously knew kind of which way it was going. But yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I, I, I surprised myself. I really enjoyed it. I think at one point, more towards the start, I thought it was slightly slower paced, but I thought, yeah, I thought generally it was better than Ant-Man. It's better than 65, and I quite enjoyed that. So, And I know they're different films as well, but uh, I was nice to have a bit of humour, a bit of a laugh with a film. So, And, I was... and my boys liked it as well. So, Oh, yeah. well, then there you go then. That That's good to know. I also like the way that, and again, not knowing anything about 
the board game, but clearly a lot would have come from the board game. I quite like the way they work the kind of puzzle element into the gladiatorial games mm, bit. Mm. I, thought, I thought that just looked all looked pretty really good. I like, I mean, the simple kind of sorcerous or wizardry of effects or powers that certain people had and the way they were used. I mean, it's all very old fashioned. And I would say this is almost a bit like a lot of the films you see these days. It's almost like they're trying to revive parts of cinema that were very popular maybe in the kind of 80s. It's so it's more kind of like wholesome action, fantasy, mm. adventure type stuff. Yeah. What I like that is is that film a lot of films these days are not necessarily based off the back of a book, uh, which most of the time they have been. But now you've had an Uncharted, you've had uh, Sonic, you've got Super Mario Brothers. They're all start starting to go towards either the computer game side or they're looking back at the old, good old board games. And I'm just intrigued to think what other board games are there out there that, or what has Hasbro, apart from Barbie, of course, was that Mattel? Ooh, Hasbro Mattel. That's Mattel, isn't it, Barbie? Um, I'll have to have a look it up. Um, But, um, yeah, it's nice that they're bringing all these, thinking a little bit differently, because they don't necessarily have to stick to a story then if they've got, like, a board game or a a character. They they can just make up a story. I I think it also just shows our age, Sarah, that now films are being made (laughs) uh, off the the back of video games, whereas when we were growing up, video games were kind of like... (laughs) Yeah. When when will they do one on Lemmings and uh, Jet Set Willy? That's Sonic. What is it? Play Jet Set Willy. Yeah, of course. There was wasn't. There's, there's a. I don't know if it's a film or a TV series. We mentioned it earlier before the podcast. Taron Egerton, which is about Tetris, isn't it? I don't know if that's a T. Is that like yeah, a TV series? No, I don't know. It seems to be the thing at the moment, isn't it? Films off the back of, of video games. Well, I suppose the first video game one was um, the Disney film. Uh, what's it called? Tron. That was kind of video ish, wasn't it? Was that eighties? Yeah, they tried it very early on with Mortal Kombat as well. That's mm. gone through quite a few iterations. World of Warcraft, they did, you know, an okay job of a few years ago. There were a couple of those films or one of those films. And obviously Sonic's doing pretty well. Angry Birds they even made. I mean, yeah, God, they made Angry yes, Birds. Yes, that's true. That's true. Jumanji, yeah, I suppose. But Jumanji, I think, was a board game after the film, yeah, not before the right. film. Yeah, right. Tetris is actually on Apple Plus or Apple TV. And it's a fifteen, and it's a film. Oh, okay. Well, I think I might, I might watch that at some point. But quite highly rated, actually, a seven point nine on IMDb. So, want to have a look at? Right. So, what are you going to score Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves? I quite liked it. Um, I think my my boys liked it, but not like hugely, like they would with the Marvel film. But I liked it. I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten. What are you going to give it? I, I'm just in a generous mood. Oh, no, that's a lot, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Are you going to give it an, a 10 or? No, no, I'm going to give it a nine. I just, I mean. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it. And I, in a weird way, I, I think it potentially could appeal more to our generation, actually, than to the maybe to kids. I don't know. Maybe. Could be right. Could be right there. So shall we move on to our new film that we're going to watch? Let's do that. So this is a film that is billed as a comedy fantasy horror called Renfield, which stars Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt and Mm. Aquafina, amongst others. 
Renfield, Dracula's henchman and inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands, and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. So, yeah, we don't really know what we're going to get with this. It's, it's got some no, promise, promising like, kind of yeah. reviews so far. So, But I think it's going to be a, a bit of a, a kind spoof. of a... A bit a of a campy spoof thing, isn't yep. it? So we'll yep. see. We'll looking see what's at like. looking at Nick Cage dressed up as a Dracula, it does look um, like it could be some entertainment. <laughs> there. So, so it's not quite on the par of um, Blade. I think Blade was a very serious sort of sci-fi movie, whereas yeah. this looks definitely spoofy. Right. Oh, so go. the oldie. Yes, I'm picking from your list. You can choose between fantasy action, war, animation, musical, or crime? Uh, let's go for fantasy. Okay, so I've only got five on this list, which is okay. not good. I need to update it. I'm going to choose number five. Number five is... I mean, this is... <laughs> this is a guilty pleasure one as well. It's not, no, no, it's not. It's the Lord of the Rings. It's the... It's the <laughs> wow, it's a, of, a long I, one. I know, for the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. It's a long one. Is it? I mean, it is long, isn't it? Uh, streaming on Sky at the moment and now cinema, so that's good. And also you can rent or buy off most on-demand platforms as well. I think this is one to do in two sittings, without a doubt. I mean, it's three hours long. I, I feel I feel yeah. guilty now that, that you've gone for no. such a, a long film. No, it's all good. Good film. Remember watching them most of the christmases is they kind of ran every year didn't they for three years or something yeah i always think the lord of the rings established that whole kind of all those shots that you now see and obviously they were in dungeons and dragons the band of merry men as it were galloping across the mountains you know they have that in like the, the yeah. big kind of, you know you just see them it's almost like they were the first to kind of do it well and now it's just you see it in a lot of stuff yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be good. Good, good so we've got two films. One is a bit spoofy and the other one's a bit more serious, <laughs> but fantasy. Fantasy All land. fantasy, yeah. Exactly. All fantasy, yeah, both of them. Great. Um, I think we're going to go and have a takeaway now. Lovely jubbly. Well, I'm going to go and watch the football and then I'm going to... Oh, who's playing? Uh, it's Chelsea versus Aston Villa. It's not very exciting. There's only like uh-huh. half an hour left. Um, oh, okay, and then I'm running a half marathon tomorrow. I'm running a half oh. marathon up in London, London Landmarks Half Marathon, and then the following day, I'm going up to the Lake District with the children for, for nice. the week. So yeah, this is my yes. Easter holiday break. There's a half marathon tomorrow at Reading as well. I so know. my husband exactly. will be doing, and then uh, off to Bonnie Scotland for yeah. for a week. So that would be nice. That yeah, sounds very nice. Go and see Morales up in Scotland. Ah. So uh, check out all the uh, Edinburgh Castle and things like that. So, yeah, it would be nice. Enjoy the haggis and the bagpipes. The haggis. Well, as a vegetarian, I wouldn't be eating the haggis, but... Oh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I'll, enjoy, know, I'll enjoy... I'll might have veggie haggis, maybe. There must, be veg- there must be veggie haggis, <laughs> vegan haggis, oh, gluten-free no. haggis, the whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, non-peanut haggis. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well, have a fantastic break. And everybody else listening, have a fantastic break if you're listening to this at Easter time. And we'll be back on the airwaves in a couple of weeks' time. 
Sounds great. Brilliant. Okay, Have a good one. See ya. Here's Bye. Rob. Bye. Thanks, listeners. Bye.